everyone. Welcome back to Who's There. I'm your host, Allison. If you're new here, thank you for joining us. This is a podcast where I talk to new, a new horror fan every week because I hope to destigmatize what it means to be a horror movie fan. Because most of us are just regular people who like the adrenaline rush of being scared for some reason, and here we delve into those reasons. I'm so excited because this week I have an awesome conversation to share with you with career coach Tracy Michelle Bullock, who I connected with over social media forever ago, and we finally carved out time to chat last week. We talked about how watching horror movies makes her feel like there's somebody else out there that actually gets her, why she's a Rob Zombie apologist and loves his Halloween movies, and why she loves cannibalism movies so much. She's also a former ballerina, so we definitely talked about Black Swan. I wanted to put a trigger warning in up front because Tracy talks about her eating disorder recovery and when she was assaulted as a young adult. You can skip for a minute around the 10 minute mark. One last thing before we get into this episode, if you love the show and haven't left us a review on iTunes or Spotify yet, I'd be so grateful if you could rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and subscribe to our feed wherever you listen to us. Thank you to everyone who's already left us a review. It's so appreciated as it really helps people to find us. I think I rambled enough, so let's get into this episode with Tracy. This week, we have Tracy Bullock on the show. We connected over social media, and she's a queer coach and a fellow New Yorker, and I'm super excited to chat with her this week about horror movies and other spooky things. So let's bring her on. Hey, Tracy, how are you? Good. How are you? Thank you so much. Oh, I am great, and I am so, so happy that we finally were able to schedule this chat. So why don't you start by telling everyone a little bit about yourself? So hi, everybody. I'm going to tell about myself. I'm a queer coach. And I own my own business, which is a small business. And I run a couple of businesses prior to that. But like, I'm also a, like a fiction writer. I have like a short story thing kind of going and I teach a little bit there. But like my before my like deep origins, which we were just chatting about is I was like a kid actor model. And like I went to Juilliard for dance. So like, I mean, there's a bit of a New York thing where like, if you've been here like a while and I'm 42 and I've been here since I was 17, you kind of have done a lot of stuff. So like when one says it like flat out like that, it sounds a little like, but like, yeah, I've done a lot of stuff, but I do career coaching now and that's my full-time thing. And I have like a small staff and work with a bunch of artists and like regular corporate folks and people who work for themselves. And yeah. Awesome. Well, first things first, what's your favorite scary movie? of the questions that were like intimidating me in the joining of this conversation this evening like that's I always have difficulty with what's your favorite whatever's and it's not that I don't have answers because I've lot I'm gonna go into it in a second but it's a lot of it's contextual like I have horror movies that I watch a lot and that like feel good to me but may not necessarily be good films like I have a very Caitlin from plugging up and I share uh, a love of the paranormal activity movies like I I really I just I I don't know I really I like that first one so much like I can't even tell you yeah and the brood I love I love the brood first Halloween I'm a kind of a Rob Zombie apologist like I like a lot of Rob Zombie films in like ways that I think they're like important which I know is like stupid but yeah Hereditary is a movie that I watch a lot like a lot 
and probably like of late yeah like I would take this time in my life that um that and Midsummer like mean a lot to me awesome I love those movies as well and I feel like not many people actually do because they're so hard to watch I enjoy like hereditary like I find it impressive Obviously, yeah. like obviously, it goes without saying. It's a movie I always watch around like uh, Thanksgiving or Christmas because I think it's a movie about family. <laughs> yeah. Also, Gabriel Byrne and my father looking to like don't just look alike, have a way. My father's not Irish, but have like a, a way of speaking and a way of being that's like distressing and like perplexing. <laughs> and I don't know, I find it kind of emotionally validating. And I like so many of the actors in it for like so many weird reasons. Definitely. I like the idea of watching Hereditary specifically around the time when we gather with our families. Yeah. Well, I mean, come now. Like (laughs) (laughs) it reminds us just how bad it could be. Yeah. You know what? (laughs) It's just like, wow. Like it's all happening. Like it's all happening, but it's I'll kind of, I'll, I'll lean off this in a second, but a lot of the way that movie is built and a lot of the relationships and the emotion, like if we take out the terribleness, like if we take about out like the boombastic harness of it, a lot of what's happening there is kind of a 19th century family, like parlor drama. Mm-hmm. Like it's like unspoken secrets, like long standing kind of mild manner, emotional abuse. The like histories around like once you know, the ones that adults have and then the lives they end up with mm-hmm. when like the romance that brought that created a family starts to become a reality. And that's like challenging and distressing. Yeah. It's so interesting. It's like so smart. Yeah. And it's it funny. Is. Midsommar's really funny too. Like really funny. Yes. They are both, they're both very funny and like very dark, messed up ways. Yeah, there are so many things. Hereditary did such a good job with like the witchcraft and um, Paige Wesley came on here and she was like explaining to me all of the witchcraft hints they had in the movie. And I was like, oh my God, that's so smart. But I think that Ari Aster would also, I think he also called Hereditary just like a family drama. Yeah, it's, you know, one of the things that both those films do so well and that can sometimes like cause an otherwise like very admirable and frightening and exciting horror film, like make it kind of fall apart in that like fifth act part is when we get, I call it like, I call it like as if I'm some thinker, but you know, whatever. Like I kind of call it the it problem. Like Stephen King's it gets to this weird place where it suddenly becomes really stupid. We're like, so now we have like a weird wind tunnel of like children, like what? And then now we all have to get out of the cave. Like we kind of go so far down the logic road of the narrative that now we're stuck there, like looking at each other and the, and like, so the bad guy ends up coming and just like talking to everyone. So now it's like the end of masters of the universe or something like what is happening? Like we all just start arguing and since we're talking about hereditary, I'll kind of say it with that, but like it actually goes all the way and it works. Like it goes beyond the beyond. Like we carry the idea cleanly through the end and it doesn't like disintegrate. It stays true. 
I just want him to make more. So I want him to get off his fucking lazy ass and start making me some more movies. Yes, definitely agree. I want to know what COVID, what what sort of stuff COVID uh, boiled up in him. But I know he is coming out with a new movie soon. Yeah, that's what I've heard. And I actually feel like everybody who's like an artistic genius that's listening to this, if you didn't create something for me, because I've like rolled through every, every kind of content, I can like... <laughs> possibly like digest in the last two years if you didn't make some fucking gold for me like what the hell you heard it here first I know our I know creative geniuses listen to this podcast so. of course they do because yeah. I mean you made it and I do so there we are. <laughs> yes <laughs> so how did you first fall in love with the horror genre so I was a really really scared kid like a really like people yelling on television dogs outside fast cars like going down like loud like I was a really yeah like wind blowing in trees thunderstorms I was like a super freaked out like everything I didn't like there were like a lot of like Disney children's movies that aren't frightening but would like give me actual like nightmares and I also had parents that are like big movie buffs and we were one of the first families to get like HBO. Like we were like that. If We also like got the computer first. Like we bought like a lot of shit and, and I still buy a lot of shit. So there, <laughs> and my folks, especially my dad didn't have a lot of like, like kind of appreciation or really regard for like, you don't like watch Jaws like while you're like three-year-old or whatever is like playing in the rec room, like with you. And so it just all kind of like kicked up my being like freaked out. <laughs> and yeah, when I was like a teenager and whatnot, like I, I was born in 1980. So I, like, I saw scream in the theater. Like I, I kind of did that stuff, but it was very like normal core. This is, we're going to, we're going to go to a trauma place now. So I developed in my like later twenties, an eating disorder, which I almost died from and had to like live in psychiatric care for several years. And then funny thing, when I was like, got out of inpatient and was in like outpatient and living with a level of independence, I experienced a very violent, like street assault, which put me like back in like mental health. It was just, it was like, I lost kind of a period of time in my life of like, I didn't lose it as in, I like don't remember it or I didn't have agency, but that was like, not as one would want it. Right. And I kind of, I have this like chip on my shoulder but also like creative fascination with what happens after the worst thing has happened. And I think about a lot and I'm going to, and like, I'll use kind of the, like the final girl, but like, particularly like Laurie Strode, this idea that when awful things happen, like people still have lives. And like, so I know that that's like very like blanket trauma, but in, in, in horror, like, one of the things I love about it, like one of the things I love, and I don't always remember in a lot of movies what happens after this point. 
when the pedestrian becomes the uncanny, when like we all just moved into the house, right? Like we all just moved into the the house and like dad's got a new job in the new small town. And like, you know, we didn't think we could afford this one, but we're all here and like mom's some homemaker. And then something, then the uncanny starts. I love that so much. And when I think about like my assault in particular, I think about how the first thing I said to the officer on the scene was I have leftovers in the fridge that I want to eat tonight. Like it's all just as it is and then it isn't. And I find the exploration of that like so fascinating because there's this thing that like regardless if it's like the demon or the slasher or what have you, we're like, none of us want the it, the terrible it to happen to us, but we still want to know how, if it did, how it might go down. And like, I'm like a person, like one of, unfortunately, like many folks that like the thing did happen. And I'm still fascinated with like, how like I have this whole rest of a life now. Like that person you like, don't let your kids move to the city because you don't want to happen to them. Like that happened to me. And like, I also, that's like a massive part of my life, but there's also like the rest of it. It's so, I think it's, I think horror is so humanistically interesting because like it, it's a way we visit the possible worst case scenario and actually visions of our own worst case scenario in ways that are threatening, but like within boundaries. And as somebody who has had the experience again, you know, like many other persons in the world, unfortunately, where like I've been in that, that place that was like in a way that was completely out of control. The fact that I can revisit it and control it is almost like, maybe I'm kind of going too far here, but like a weird kind of exposure therapy where you're like just watching alligators on television, but like you're still in your living room. But my first like real, real like exposure to horror is my husband is about 20 years older than me and was a real like kid of like the seventies and eighties, like is really like, it's funny. I've like clocked him in my like horror fanship at this point. But like when we got together, he was like definitely like a, like a goth kid, like a goth adult and still is. And we like, and he couldn't believe that like I had never watched all of these things. Like I'd never watched Friday the 13th. I'd like never watched the Halloween movies. I'd like, you know, I'd never like done all of these. And I remember like staying at my, we were dating. We were like at my apartment and we watched The Brood. And like that moment where she like opens up her like robes and she like shows that the real her is a horrific monstrous her. I like stood up and started crying and was like, I'm so afraid no one will love me. And like, that's funny, but it's also real. And I was like, yes, like fucking yes. Like it's, it's like, I get this. Like, I get this so much more than like, um, I just get this. Like I get the obtuseness of this 
And I straight up think that like, whatever, my mind is bent from like what I can identify as like very specific things that like happened in my life. But like my mind is bent in a way that horror really matches up with where like I can explore things that are like tricky for me to look at head on from like that place, that specific genre place. Wow, that was so beautifully said. Um, Thank you for letting me go on. Of course, that's why you're here. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, you so can great just, that like, pay your credit card bill on your phone while I'm gabbing. Like, <laughs> no, 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 uh, no. This is fascinating, and it's so right, and it's so great that you and so many other people have like an outlet where we can experience those things, but in a safer context like and I you know I've listened to a lot of your podcasts obviously like have like a lot of like horror like lovers in my world but like I love I love I love survivor stuff I love like oh Texas Chainsaw Massacre the original is a big I'm a big massive fan of because it's so like weird and rogue and like (laughs) inappropriate and like it's it just great like this but like this, that kind of like that pitch of like constant terror and movies that can hold that. And like, yeah, like the survivor, especially like the lady survivor always like really gets me. But I like Haunted House stuff because I think <laughs> growing up as a city kid, I have an ingrained fear and distrust of all things suburban me too (laughs) yeah like I do and the idea that it's actually like terrible there I love I like I like cannibal things I like body horrors I love body horror also body horror that involves like food I'm like is that is that like is that a niche I don't know that's maybe I'll like write a dissertation on that (laughs) I also like this is one if I was to write dissertations maybe I could explore this one when white privileged people go to visit cultures and think that they can like engage with them like their cultural amusement parks and then horrible things happen to them and they are punished for their like their touristy privilege I like that I like spring breaks hot like white people going on spring break and having awful things happen to them yeah yeah like the ruins Yes. Uh, yes. I love it. I love it. I love it when folks that think they own the world find they are deeply unprepared for the realities of like the rest of the globe. Yeah. Uh, wrong turn. Hostile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Speaking of body horror, I just bought tickets yesterday to go see Videodrome at Nighthawk in Prospect Park. In oh my God. I'm going to like, you know what? Like I will hold you <laughs> Yes, and maybe I shall I shall join as well. Like I love that movie. Yeah. I've never seen it. So really? this is my first time. Yeah. I'm not I'm not big into uh Cronenberg because body horror is not my thing, but you know the thing is I I've seen a lot of Cronenberg, but I don't know if I like him very much. <laughs> you know, I mean like I think that like I I respect like so much of like what he's doing, but like and I could like intellectually, but like as a viewer, I just don't find his movies super entertaining. Yeah. I've only seen the fly. So that's it. Like, I think it's great. Like I get how it's like important, like film wise. I don't like, like to watch it. <laughs> uh, so why do you think that people who seem perfectly sane love the horror genre? 
Um, I think, and I'll, in genre, with genre in general, like folks that are like genre heads for like whatever, right? Like science fiction, horror, you know, romance, you know, whatever, like even like more niche, like people who are like Harry Potter people or like all this stuff. I think it's, I don't know if this will land, but it's like the way we like to enter the room, like at an, like at a, at an office meeting, if we have snacks, people will come. Like if you tell me it's a horror movie, I will explore those topics. Like if you, like if, I don't know if someone's into fantasy, like if they're fairies, yeah, I read books about fairies. Like I will enter the human conversation from the conventions and the exploration of the conventions of this genre. I get what it's like here. Like if there's like a bar or like a restaurant or let's say like, if one goes out of town, then always stays this like particular like Airbnb, or you've like worked at a company for like a long time, you just know how it is there. And when you see like new folks like get hired, you were like, and they like, don't get it yet. Like they don't get that. Like that one particular person only likes to have their email sent to them in this particular, it's like, oh, right. Like they don't like get it here yet. And I could say like, yeah, it's wrong. And like horror's kind of, you know, like, yes, it's like, there's problematic. And like, you know, sometimes the same movie's just made over and over again. But that movie reminds me of another movie that I either like or liked the time of my life. And when I saw it, and I know like now's the time where like the priest will be called in to like do the ex like I now oh yeah like that's that kind of movie yeah I know that I like that like I like I like the walls here like I like the way the paintings are hung I get it and I think it's just where folks are comfortable like it's like how we like to like yeah the boundaries and the regularities that we like to yeah visit various not like you were saying with hereditary like relationship or humanistic topics I don't want to watch like the independent film that's like the awkward family gathering I want to actually explore those same emotional themes but you couldn't get me lit to do so unless you like brought in mutilation and witchcraft you already touched on this topic a little but what would you say are your favorite subgenres in horror cannibalism how come why cannibalism I don't, because it's like, it's so wrong and weird. (laughs) And it's so abstract. And it's also, it like, if I want to like be smart or whatever, like social justice wise, cannibalism cuts to a lot of the core of like the way that Western culture runs. Like the way we like to talk about food consumption, the consumer market, like economics and capitalism, class, bodies, various like cultural and like economic inequities. Like it really fucking cuts to the core of that, uh, like of that, like how we treat other people. Mm, Yeah. And like how we feel about who gets treated as what and like when we call it is wrong. 
like when we call it is wrong. And like, so the, yes, like that's like the smart Campbell, but it's just like, there's whoever makes that movie, whoever makes the cannibalism movie or whoever like writes the horror story that's like involves the, you know, cannibalism. It's like, all right, dog, like, why'd you pull that one out? Like, now you've got to do something like now it's got to mean something like anybody can have the serial killer living next door or the home invasion. But like, oh, you chose that option. What you going to do with it? Oh, that's really interesting. <laughs> so, yeah, any like things and this is like I'm, you know, like a big fan of like Caitlin, like as a human, but also like the what everything is done with plug it up. But like. Like feminist. Explore, you know, I could say very much in general, like kind of the feminist be- bent on any storytelling or topic or character is always kind of immediately like of interest things that involve fertility and birth Hmm. are like big for me okay I was in all the weird things I've shared that I've like done I was I've done a lot of like volunteering in birth justice and I was a doula in like the volunteer space here in the city for years and it because it's actually awful birth is actually like, it's awful and it's powerful and it's carnal and it's not, and it's, and it's like absolutely horrific, but some, but, but like, it just happens like all the time. Like that's how we're all here. And we're all like supposed to be really fucking excited about it, but it's actually really frightening. And it's like a highly vulnerable time. Like they're already, the stakes are already high. Um, Yeah, vacation, tourist horror. I'm not a big, like, scare, like a monster, like a creature feature. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But there's some that I really like that I can, like, get into, but it's not something I seek out. Yeah. I think Uh, same. Grindhouse or anything with the kind of grindhouse aesthetic I'm into. Oh, and okay, and that's the last one, I'll stop. I do like, and I know it's, I don't know what it says about me, possession-based horror, I think I'm kind of into. I'll watch that. Like, I'll watch a possession thing. I'll watch like a, a pentagram be drawn and like an, an elderly clergy person come in at some point and like speak nice. in a language nobody knows how to pronounce. I don't know. I like it. When my mom was pregnant with me, my father was in grad school and was like getting his PhD and was managing an independent movie theater that never, that doesn't exist anymore in Baltimore. And she to see him at work because he was like working so much she would like go and just watch movies and it was when the exorcist was screening and so while like there's a story where i found why my mom why i was like gestating my mom saw the exorcist like seven times that explains it yeah like explains like ever like everything in my like you got a problem with me you just double down to that and you'll understand <laughs> That's awesome. Did have you ever been to the spot where there's a plaque on the wall in a 7-Eleven in Baltimore for where the first Ouija board was produced, where it was um, trademarked? No. Yeah, it's apparently in the bathroom of a of a 7-Eleven in Baltimore. I can send you. The I don't know later. what's more amazing about <laughs> that story: the fact that it exists, or that there's a 7-Eleven that like actually has a bathroom. Because I cannot tell you 
how many like times in my life I've been desperately intoxicated and like desperately desiring to urinate. <laughs> and like, if I only knew that like 7-Elevens would like had bathrooms for me, I would have appreciated this. <laughs> it's a coincidence that you bring up um, birth horror since the Supreme Court just issued that terrible. Oh, yes. Oh, oh. yeah. I got to tell, like, whatever. I'm not the person to speak on this issue, but I will say is like a person in the world that like, if, if we're desiring to care for babies, this is actually not the answer. Yeah. So like, it may feel good to y'all and like, please, everyone who's hearing this and disagrees, I welcome your hate. Like I all, yeah. Like I totally, like I, I, as tricky as they are, I fucking love humans. And I want everyone to be okay and safe and like outlawing abortion doesn't actually further that aim in any way whatsoever. Yeah. Amen. So nice try, but yeah, we've already, it doesn't work folks. It doesn't work. Like, yeah, people still get effed up like during prohibition. I don't really know what you're. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any favorite horror directors? I'm going to fail on this one. I mean, I'm not going to fail, but I'll, it'll be the kind of thing where I like say a couple and my voice trails off. And then like, I like start like texting you immediately after this conversation <laughs> with all the really smart things I should have said, because I'm not so great at being like film Buffy in this way. And I mean, obviously like Ari Asher, I'm now, see, I'm now like, I should have said I was older as my like memory now fails. Get out. Jordan Peele. Thank you. And the, the woman who I cannot wait to see that uh, woman who the new candy man, like what else I could have actually saved my ass <laughs> on that one, but I didn't y'all. I didn't. Uh, Nia DaCosta. Ty, I like Ty West a lot. Yeah. Like, I'm like not, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, whatever. I could like blab at you more about that, but yeah, like I let, like I'm interested. Like I'm really interested. Yeah. I tend to you know, when it comes like writers or filmmakers or choreographers or like any kind of art form that I like creepily follow a lot. I like artors who are, I don't, I don't, I don't aim for like perfection. When someone's doing something, when someone's aiming high and even so sometimes, and I think Ty West does this. And even though it's, it falls short or doesn't always suss out, or their hits that are better than others. I feel like he's always really trying to do something bigger than himself. And I respect that. And he's not the only one. I'm just saying this because I'm like lacking access to my own mind canon of proper nouns right now. But yeah, Jordan Peele is like having conversations on like so many different fucking levels. Like I just can't even. Are you excited for a nope? I am. And I don't know anything about it. Yeah. Have you not seen any trailers or anything? I haven't, but I hate watching trailers. Okay, good for you. I watch too many trailers. I don't like, I, I it's like blue balls to me. <laughs> I also, this is, if am I, my husband, and I like very, this is why every time we like try to watch a streaming series together, which basically like the two years, like last two years is all we did. Like, thank you, COVID. We're like, he'll, so he's the kind of viewer, whether it's like movies or shows, where I'm saying he's that kind, which is like the lesser kind than I am, right? Where he'll like wonder what's going to happen. 
Like what's going to happen in Better Call Saul? Like, do you, and I don't really care. I don't actually care what happens. I many times don't even remember what happens, but I lock on to characters and how it feels. Like that made me really sad. Like I won't watch shows if they like make me sad or I feel like tone wise, they're all the same or I don't have a crush on or like fall have like like an emotional or a physical crush on like one particular character. Mm -hmm. So because of this, trailers don't really mean anything to me because I don't really care what happens. I also don't like I'm not a back of the book reader. I'm like, look at this. There's like a, that's cut. Yeah, I'll read that. You judge your book by its cover? Completely. And people as well. People, everything. Yeah. I like look at a meal and I'm like, mm, and then mm, no. So I know you were saying you were a ballerina and you went to Juilliard. Do you have any thoughts on the movie Black Swan? Well, yes, I do. <laughs> it, I think The Wrestler is a more accurate, in, the, in my experience of ballet, like, movie about ballet than Black Swan is. Oh, really? Like what the rest, I don't know, I'm like talking about the thing that you didn't mention, but I'll come back. So forgive me for like doing that. The wrestler speaks to a kind of pushing of the human form and like imprisonment within the human form and the constant like attempting to return to an excellent other space we were in our bodies or our abilities that like the elite athlete in my, you know, obviously I'm speaking deeply from my own experience is always chasing that I was better. I could be better. And the realities of my body are like a, a cage. The fact that my body can do so many amazing things and then sometimes it can't. And so I like on the only way I can negotiate with my own body is around is based on basically like abuse is like deeply and like that movie's about ballet to me I'm like oh I get it I'm get I get it where like your talent is a cage and it is physical and you only know like pain and being rewarded for pain in that physicality black swan like I was not like I didn't experience like abuse at that like obviously speaks to and is sourced in that like comes in, but I did go to school there and I've been in those rehearsal rooms. Yeah. It, I don't know. It looks like a lot of the things that I've like seen and like been in, but like my crazy and the fact that I was elite ballerina, like happened in the same life, but like aren't related. <laughs> like, yeah. And as fine as I think that film is, and I think that he is as a director, I get this is like going to be like unpopular opinion, I am sure. I think that Black Swan's a kind of a low blow. Like, oh, right. Like skinny girls have eating disorders and are sexually exploited and have like weird relationships with their parents and they lose their fucking mind. Like, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> like we've had that conversation. Yeah. Like- like women who are really, really good at something are actually the pawns of like abuse by men and then turn that self-abuse on themselves and like hurl it over the toilet in their little girl bedroom. Oh, and by the way, they like don't have orgasms. Mm. Oh, and when they age, they go even crazy. And when I say aging, I mean like 
35. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 36. So I am personally offended. I am like, yeah, 35 is quite some time ago for me. So there. <laughs> So an article came out in 2020 that said that horror movie fans were handling lockdown better than non-horror movie fans. Why do you think that was the case? I think that we're always kind of living in a world that we're assuming is somewhat of a worst case scenario. Oh, I love that. Also, <laughs> also we have like all the shit on Shutter to watch. <laughs> like all the things that kept us, for, and this just occurred to me, that kept us from staying home and watching violent shit, like having to go to work, having to socialize with friends who wanted to have other kinds of conversations. All of those things are families, judgment, the fact that we like couldn't work while like people were being horribly axed to death, like in the other tab of our laptop, like all of that was eliminated. It was completely like the things that got in the way of we, me watching more like horrific shit it just took away (laughs) like I had so I watched so many terribly violent and like stupid stupid movies in the last two years I'm such a stronger fan (laughs) (laughs) me me as well I don't think think that there are that many romantic comedies y'all like I'm sorry if that's what you're into (laughs) I love it. How do you decide what to watch when you're just hanging out and looking for a horror movie to watch? It goes like one of two ways, which is one, I don't like, I just like go into like Shudder or Hulu or whatever. And I just choose the thing I haven't watched. Okay. Or (laughs) this is a Saturday experience for me. I, I know like, you know, we just talked about lockdown, but like I, I have a separate private office. So even when like nothing was happening, everyone in New York city was like wrapped in a face condom. I wearing my face condom would like walk to my little office and like sit here. we just, so it wasn't my home. My husband's also a visual artist and like lost his studio. So her studio was like, kind of like next to our couch for like a good, it was just a whole circus. So I like did, you know, go somewhere during a lot of it. So when, and on Saturdays, I generally like stay home all day in like dirty pajamas and I'm in like, like, like couch troll. So if I'm wanting to like choose from like a place of like education, I will begin like a research project. You know, we're on Zoom, y'all. So you like can't see, but I'm demonstrating holding my phone close to my face, like while laying in bed with like many animals. Right. And I will just start like rotten tomato cross checking everything in every list of every streaming platform to make like the best possible decision for what to consume that day. And I will waste so much time and come from such search with absolutely no memory of what I've just read. And then I'll just choose whatever is on my list. Yeah. So like they're both the same result, but one, I give like a real solid try to like learn a thing. I definitely, I definitely spend too much time researching sometimes and then I watch nothing. Yeah. And then it's like, well, what do you want to watch? And I'm like, I read about a movie that either has a lot or no stars that involves a possessed kid, or maybe it's a dog that could be Scottish, but I think it's filmed in Queens. I'm going to watch that. I don't know what I just read about. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) 
Are there any horror movies that you won't watch or that you won't watch ever again? I watched a movie that I didn't think was strong or wasn't as strong as I hoped it would be, which really disturbed me because it hit a lot of points that really frightened me. And these points that I'm about to share make no sense. Like I, I'm in another life, something, what things that really scare, like really get under my skin. <laughs> this is so stupid. I just told you the most awful things have happened to me in my life. And now I'm going to bring up the dumbest thing that like flips me out, which is mysterious, evil media, like a tape, like a session nine, like a recording that we don't know what's on it. And then we listen to it and something's like the ring, like Ringu. Yeah. Like that fucking, I don't like freaks me out. I unmarked tapes putting the oh my god the concept of putting like an unmarked vhs in a recorder and just watching it is so frightening to me yeah i often go into housing works downtown just to look at the used dvds and sometimes there will be unmarked vhs's oh no that that is no that is a no that's like either like child pornography animal abuse or the devil like it's only either three the options. There are only three. Op- it's never that, you know, it's never the Smith's family vacation, right? That grandpa filmed. If he did, then grandpa like raped them all and ate them, you know, like then it's and, and filmed it. But this movie, which I think is called Satori, S-A-T-O-R-I. I, it's all black and white. It's one of those movies where you can barely see anything. So it's probably really frightening. There's a kind of entity in the yard, but over like looped over every, like most of the movie is like a recording of an old woman losing her mind. I had to like, like I had it on like while I was like domestic chores because it was just some like random shit on like whatever, like Hulu or something or like Amazon. I had to be like, I cannot with this. And I, like I sat down and watched it, but Green Inferno was a movie that I think I wouldn't watch Cannibal Holocaust again. Like that kind of like extreme stuff. The, I have no love for the Saw movies. Like I have no love for them. Mm -hmm. Like that was at a certain point in horror, which like I have visited, but I get absolutely nothing out of. Yeah. But yeah, like Green Inferno, I don't like, I don't like, I don't. Yeah. It's I've, a little, never, like, I've never seen it. I want to watch it once, but I've never seen it before. Yeah, it's a kind of, like, it's just, ain't nothing wrong with it, but, like, I, I don't, yeah, I don't want to go there again. Have you ever had any noteworthy experiences seeing a horror movie in theaters? So, well, yeah, Blair Witch Project. I saw it, like, the weekend that it was released in the city, like, in, like, Midtown Met, in, like, a Times Square theater. <laughs> Extremely stoned. And... Yeah, like it was a it was a really and it was like a midnight show. Oh nice. Like it was one of those like super packed, yeah, passing the bottle kind of like getting high on the fact that we're all freaked out. Like sometimes, especially like in me, you know, maybe folks like us who are a little more like grizzled in terms of like what we've consumed horror wise, there can be a bit of that, like, you know, whatever, like it's watch anything. And there's certain, like you kind of reach a peak where you're like, 
you know, your tolerance for stuff is like whatever. But it's it was one of the few horror watch experiences where like we were all there to be scared. Yeah. And like invite the fact that we were and like encourage being scared. <laughs> and it was that like gleeful, like too much is too much kind of feeling. Yeah. That felt really special. It did. I remember seeing that in theaters too in 1999. Yeah, we all wanted to know what if it was and real like or not. wanting it to be real, even though yeah. we didn't want it to be real. Yeah. Like we wanted, like maybe, like maybe something made it through, right? Like maybe the like the 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 capitalistic media machine actually this actual thing that was actually real made it, and I actually paid like twenty five dollars to see. <laughs> like we're all actually witnessing something which we know that we're not but like to believe it is like it was a kind of santa claus situation like we all know santa claus isn't real but like we want like the believing of it is so good we want to believe yeah i just watched a movie that's sort of reminded me of the blair witch eat last night called butterfly kisses that's on amazon prime right now so it's another Um, found footage movie i am using my pen (laughs) <laughs> and my notebook to write that butterfly kisses i like found footage i love found footage movies and i i always will so oh the first i said the first vhs movie i liked a lot i don't know i haven't seen it since so Which, i don't know if it's an, oh the, the first vhs movie i have not seen any of those i tried watching the first one once and i was like what what is going on I it's turned probably it off. bad it's probably like it's probably not great <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I like the there's the first vignette where there's this like particular thing that is like a running joke in my marriage. Mm-hmm. That's the kind <laughs> of warm and fuzzy people we are. But uh, like that, yeah, I just like found footage. I like that kind of extra wild card yeah. thing. I yeah. also like how it can be cheap and smart. Yep. At the same time. Yeah. Have you seen Lake Mungo? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good found footage. Movie. It's really good. It's so yeah. sad. I know. The movie is so sad. (laughs) So what has been your favorite horror movie that you've watched so far in 2022? I think it's called Sun. Yes. Actually, no, I said that was a lot. I bought it's it's 2021. Apparently Sun as in, you know, folks that are, you know, right to life or happy that people are having sons kind of S-O-N. I really liked it. Like it is kind of, it's a possession type. There's like a little bit of cult stuff in it. There's a little, it's not perfect, but it was one of those randos that I found on like some streaming platform. And there is a particular scene in it that anyway, I'm not to talk about it would mean that I like, cause I've an inability to just like tell you the scene in three seconds. I would start to tell you a 45 minute retelling of the plot. So I will dial myself back from that. And say, there's some th- particular things in that that I was just like, it's fucking freaky. Okay, cool. I think I've seen the poster for that. So I'll put that on my list wherever it's streaming. Yeah, the, the poster is not terribly, it's like a mom hugging a baby. It's like, <laughs> are you serious? Like, I don't watch movies where moms hug babies. Like, that's not my style. Yeah. But it's, it's yeah, I enjoyed it. And I watched it, yeah, not too long ago. Cool. On the flip side, what horror movie are you most looking forward to seeing in the rest of 2022? Is the new Jordan Peele going to be released before the end of the year? I think, yeah, yeah, I think that's July. Yeah. I'll see the new Firestarter. I don't know exactly. I'll see it because like, why the fuck not? 
All oh, um, also I have well, I have in my resume, and I would want everyone if they think about hiring a career coach to make their decision based on this one thing. I have seen every Stephen King, even telemovie. Like my husband, and I made a commitment to watch every single Stephen King like movie or yeah, like TV movie. And I feel like because I have spent, I've pissed away so much of my life doing this. <laughs> I am therefore indebted to doing so. It's like once you have a cat rescue, you just, if people leave cats at your door, you can't like close that off. You can't just be like, yeah, we just have enough cats now. Like, no, once you're that lady in the neighborhood, like you're just that lady. Like once you're the person who's like watched like seven episodes of the Langoliers, like by choice, like search that shit out on YouTube. You're just, then you got, you're seeing that. Yeah. So I'll watch it. Like it's good times. I'll do that. Nice. Are there any horror movies that you love that people generally don't like, or do you hold any unpopular horror movie opinions? The two Rob Zombie Halloweens. I, they hit, okay, so w- without like getting too granular, oh, also his uh, Salem's Lot is a big favorite of mine. I don't think that that's like cared for. And uh, yeah, I think that, I think that, I think those will be, oh, there's also a movie called Starry Eyes, which I don't think anybody cares about. I've I've seen it. There's a YouTuber named Sarah Hawkinson. It's one of her all-time favorite horror movies. I'm looking love that movie. I love it. It was so traumatic. I've only watched it It's very traumatic. Yeah. Yeah. It's another one that like really kind of goes all the way to the end of the, it, it, you know, follows the train of thought all the way through in, in a really kind of glorious and ugly way. But Rob Zombie, I think that I feel like Rob Zombie and I like a lot of the same things in a lot of the same movies, because a lot of what he does is he like tries to put his stamp on the shit that he obviously likes as a fan. And I like I appreciate that he's like engaged in the conversation this way. Also, those two Halloween movies speak so much to this like very particular time in like cultural history where I'm speaking so like wildly generally, like as if I'm a sociologist and I'm not like I'm a ding dong, but where there was a general curiosity in what made evil people tick. Like it's kind of this, like, how can we, validate, understand, or experience serial killers. Like they must arrive from some kind of trauma place. And were there, there's also like a little bit of poverty porn in that. Like it's really, I feel like it's this kind of cultural kind of snapshot. But what I like about, I know I haven't talked about anything I liked. What I like about it is, I think it's in the second one, that just like in the second, like original Halloween, that scene when like Laurie Strode is like wheeled into the hospital, like after, you know, like she's been like the ambulance has come and like like kind of the end of the first movie. Like he captures the experience of going in, being a woman and going into emergency room in that particular way, where like there is this, and I know I'm like kind of getting too much here. So thank you all for like listening to it. But 
that very particular experience where like the, 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 the terror has ended, but it is a quite a long time till you are in control to what's happening to your body. You know, like you're not in control of what's happening to your body when you're like violently victimized, like obviously. Right. Yeah. But then like the safety net happens, like the white knights come in. But like people are still fucking doing shit to you and you don't know what's happening. That's and really it's so frightening. And you still have like no answers. That's and really everyone's telling, and everyone's telling you it's OK and you're safe now. And like you still have like no skin in the game as to like how the night's going down. And like, that is so real that the shit show that a lot of the rest of that movie is, I will like, yeah, like a plus motherfucker, like a plus. <laughs> I haven't seen either one of those movies, but now you've piqued my interest. <laughs> and oh, it will, oh. it will fall away after you soon start <laughs> watching them. You will be like, mm, this episode's not airing. Yeah. No, no, that's no, really, that's really interesting. I can't wait to watch them now, but I will have tempered expectations. If you could remake one horror movie, which one would it be? Oh God. The last Halloween. Halloween kills. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I hated it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, but like I got a lot of appreciation for like community theater in this country, but like that's the quality <laughs> of that movie. Like anyway, again, I'm talking about unpopular opinion. I actually don't. I I actually don't know. I actually don't know. Watch a remake. You know what? So this is. It. I think it. I don't. Except for a few, obviously, like I mentioned, hereditary, hereditary and like the paranormal activities. I'm not a big rewatcher. And again, as I just said, like, I don't remember a lot that happens like plot wise. So unhelpful. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't think I have a lust necessarily for like a particular thing that I want to see remade. Yeah. Maybe it's because I don't have anything to say on how a thing should be done. I just have a bunch of opinions on how it was done. So there, Miss Negative me. <laughs> My last question is, if you had to spend quarantine with one horror villain, who would it be? I was waiting for this one. I was like <laughs> rehearsing it independently, trying to think of the wittiest thing to say. So let's see how I do. Michael Myers, this is my choice. And this is why I live near, I live, was this in New York City? I live near Trader Joe's, like a really, like one of the first Trader Joe's that was here in the city. That if that means something to you, you are my people. If it doesn't, I'm so sorry for you. And a lot of my life, was spent during like deep COVID times standing in line for Trader Joe's because y'all had to stand so many feet apart. There was like, I, like every other person in the world was convinced I wouldn't get my tomatoes or like baby spinach. So like needed to like ritualistically visit Trader Joe's because basically it was the only way that I could like morally validate going that was outside. Right. So I spent a lot of time in Trader Joe's having to be patient, standing in line and walking slowly. If Michael Myers had been like staying with me, I could have sent him out to do this one. He is always outside standing still so he could just hold a place in line and he, he has so much patience. Like motherfucker waits decades to get things done. I am like hyperactive and like, am like the worst person to be on a car ride with. 
Michael could stoically stand. He's so big and tall and like carry so many bags for me. He could just stand in line with like a grocery list in his like little silent hands and he already wears a mask. So he would be so helpful. That's my person. I did think about like Jigsaw because he's very creative at home. But I would get bored by him always trying to be like wily and always thinking that he had the moral upper hand. Well, congrats. I think that's one of the best answers we've ever had. <laughs> I, I completely relate to the long lines at Trader Joe's during the pandemic. I think the longest I ever waited was an hour and a half, which is insane. But yeah, that's incredible. I spent like a month thinking about that, just so you know, like just so you know. <laughs> So like that, yeah, like that's, that's like a longer meditative process than like any like academic paper I have ever written. Oh, well, I am flattered and I appreciate the effort. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. Do you want to tell everyone where they can find you on the internet? So my name is Tracy Michelle, but like if, if anyone's interested in creative or career coaching, my business is Simplicity Do Your Dream, which is a website that you can like Google. I'm Tracy Michelle Bullock on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, I'm just Allison. So if anybody like forgets anything I just said, don't bother listening to my nasally voice, just like contact her and she can kind of hook you up. And I should say that I've worked with some of the folks in the like bloody good horror world. So yeah, I've had the pleasure of engaging with lots of folks in the community. So I may not be trusted, but I am familiar. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you again. And maybe I will see you around the city soon. Wonderful. Okay. See you at Nighthawk. That's it for this week's episode of Who's There. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Tracy Michelle Bullock. And thanks again to Tracy for coming on. You can find links to her website and her socials in the show notes. You can follow us on Twitter at Who's There Pod. We're on Instagram at Who's There Podcast. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, horror movie recommendations, or you'd like to be a guest, shoot us an email at Who's There PC at gmail.com. Until next time, stay scary and get vaccinated. <laughs>